Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we try to help you slow things down, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense on a Monday. Uh, And there is a lot of it. And as always, we want you to chime in and help us elevate the conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And as we uh, come back, it's uh, very interesting as uh, we look at the uh, day today, what's happening locally, what's happening nationally and of course, uh, this is the uh, the one year point uh, for the pandemic here in the state of Utah. Uh, first case was just a, a year ago, and we're going to break this down just a little bit as we go uh, through the program, and especially coming up at eleven fifty, we'll do some reflection on where we've been over the last year and what still lies ahead. I think there's some uh, significant challenges that will remain, and some important lessons that we should not leave behind. Uh, as we exit uh, this phase of the pandemic and start moving towards some that are uh, a little more connected, a little more productive. Uh, but there's still a lot of things that I, I hope we don't lose in the process as we continue to try to drive things forward for our communities and and for the state and the country. And uh, so we're going to continue to keep our eye on all of those things. Of course, additional vaccines coming out, uh, as was noted in the newscast here on KSL News Radio. Uh, Spencer Cox has uh, announced that there will be additional uh, vaccines showing up here in the state of Utah. So we've got more weapons to work with and uh, people uh, getting those shots in arm uh, is really the key to all of this and uh, being able to do that. And I think uh, it's also really interesting to note that uh, looking at how we approach these kinds of things, you know, we 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 may not have to do this for another 100 years when it comes to a pandemic, uh, if things hold to historic norms. Uh, but there are, again, so many things that we should learn through this process. There's debates going up on Utah's Capitol Hill right now in terms of emergency powers and the role of the governor's office, the executive branch versus the legislative branch and, and those in the House and the Senate on Utah's Capitol Hill. And so those things all need to be sorted out. Again, hopefully we don't have to test them for uh, another century. But we might, uh, and we should be ready for those uh, and make sure that uh, we're looking forward in the right way, taking the right principles, the right policies forward so that we can better handle these kind of situations and variations of them uh, that are not just related to pandemic, but other uh, social challenges that I'm sure we will face in the in the months and years and decades ahead. Uh, as uh, you've been listening to uh, Dave and Janovic earlier, we've got the $1.9 trillion a stimulus package passed the House late last week and now has made its meandering way over to the United States Senate uh, with some immediate changes to it. Uh, most significantly, 
that the $15 minimum wage uh, that was uh, put in the House version by House Democrats uh, has been ruled out of order by the, the parliamentarian. There is a way for them to overrule that if they want to break the rule, to break the rule, to make a new rule. Uh, which can only happen in the United States Senate, uh, where you can break a rule to break a rule to make a new rule uh, and do it without 60 votes. That's the big test. Uh, and so there there are some definite challenges there. Uh, of course, uh, this is a uh, significant test uh, for President Joe Biden early in his administration, uh, part of many campaign promises he made along the way in terms of what kind of relief would be uh, coming to the American people and I think there are important things in there in terms of help to Americans that actually need it. I think there's some of the ways that it is structured that uh, are going to help people who don't really need it. Uh, there's also some help in there for small businesses. I think they should actually get more. Uh, there's a lot of pork in there. Uh, there's a lot of bailouts for a lot of states who have mismanaged their their own house, uh, their own financial house. And I don't think that should be part of this bill in any way, shape or form. Uh, but this morning, uh, Joe Biden uh, delivered some remarks on the uh, the rescue plan. And actually, this was over the weekend. And uh, But there's some interesting things that he's pointing out here in terms of where the debate should go. For a few weeks now, uh, an overwhelming percentage of the American public has made it clear that they support my American rescue plan. And the House of Representatives took the first step toward making it a reality. And with their vote, we're one step closer to vaccinating the nation. We are one step closer to putting $1,400 in the pockets of Americans. We're one step closer to extending unemployment benefits for millions of Americans who are shortly going to lose them. We're one step closer to helping millions of Americans feed their families and keep a roof over their head. We're one step closer to getting our kids safely back in school. And we're one step closer to getting state and local governments the money they need to prevent massive layoffs for essential workers. Now the mill moves to the United States Senate, where I hope we will receive quick action. I have, we have no time to waste. If we act now, decisively, quickly, and boldly, we can finally get ahead of this virus. We can finally get our economy moving again. And the people of this country have suffered far too much for too long. We need to relieve that suffering. The American Rescue Plan does just that. It relieves the suffering. And it's time to act. All right. Uh, we'll see how the Senate responds to the uh, president's plea uh, from over the weekend. And can they move swiftly on that? Uh, I'm hearing uh, from sources inside uh, of Washington, D.C., that one of the changes uh, or one of the things that seem to be giving the president some optimism uh, is actually the fact that Bernie Sanders uh, and uh, Senator Wyden uh, are standing down. They were very adamant about the $15 minimum wage portion uh, that the House passed in their stimulus package, uh, that they are willing to stand down on that demand uh, in an effort to speed up the process. I think they understand that uh, to go through what they would have to go through to get that reinserted and pass the parliamentarian uh, would would take time. Uh, and they could lose a couple more weeks. So I think there's been some negotiating behind the scenes. I think the Biden administration has reached out to uh, the, the Sanders uh, camp uh, and the Wyden camp to say, hey, we'll we'll take another bite at that apple. We'll take another swing at the uh, minimum wage bill, uh, which should be debated on its own, on its own merits in front of the American people. 
Uh, and so that is likely to uh, come as a secondary effort. Uh, and again, it comes back to this whole idea of, of this is what we should be doing. Uh, we shouldn't have $1.9 trillion bills that are thousands of pages and all kinds of pockets of things uh, rather than dealing with these things one step at a time, one thing at a time, uh, and being very clear on what that thing is. Right now, we just have a big, massive bill uh, that, again, not very many people have read uh, that gives a lot of money to a lot of states that have mismanaged their own funds. And I'm not sure that uh, the good folks of the people and the people in Utah should be uh, bailing out California and New Jersey and New York. I just don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. And there is a role for government. There is absolutely a role for government in the midst of this pandemic, for sure. Uh, And they should do the proper role of government. Uh, But they're doing things that are way outside the scope. So the debate will be interesting. Uh, I'm sure it will be a a lot of theatrics, not a lot of changes, not a lot of shifts. And this will be passed on the vote of Vice President Harris, who will cast the 51st tie-breaking vote in a 50-50 Senate. Uh, and we expect to see that happen uh, later on this week. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Amanda Mackey, she was a candidate down in Florida, an attorney, a great thinker. Uh, We're going to talk about a few things that are happening around the planet and uh, right here in our own neck of the woods coming up next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 